choose again. If you chose in a way that was not for your highest and best good in the past, here's your opportunity. Choose again. And many of us just, instead of choosing again, we just keep hitting the same wall. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna, transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. I just accidentally looped myself and it sounded like the beginning of that Billie Eilish song, which was super fun. So then I started singing and it was not quite as beautiful on record as I thought it would be. Sometimes, you know, when you have the music in the background, you you sound better than when there's no music on. So anyways, that's going to be edited out and my voice will just have to be one of the world wonders that not many people see. I don't know what I'm saying. How are you guys? It's Sunday, Oscars Sunday. I'm excited to watch the Oscars a little bit later. I love the outfits. I'm excited to see Billie Eilish perform too. She's so rad. I don't know if you guys watch SNL, but I'm sure some of you do. But she performed on SNL and it was like the coolest SNL performance I've ever seen. I really like her and really admire her. Although I do think that she's a part of the Illuminati because she blew up real fast. Anyways, (laughs) we've got a good show for you today. I am leaving for Bali in two days and then I'm going somewhere else that I I don't think I'm going to announce it until I actually get there. Um, I'm really excited though. I'm going to add a little air of mystery. If anyone wants to guess, go on Instagram and guess, comment on my post or something. I don't know. You guys probably won't do that. Um, But I'm really excited to be traveling on my own. This is my first solo travel. I've never done it before. I've always wanted to. And this is the first opportunity that I've gotten. And I'm going to go to Bali for a couple weeks and then go somewhere else. And the somewhere else is where I'm like really, really looking forward to. It's a place that's been on my bucket list forever. And it's going to be really fun. It's going to be interesting because I'm going to, I already know one of the biggest things that I'm going to work through is loneliness and feeling whole without anyone or anything to make me whole. So I can already kind of tell that that's going to be my lesson going into it. And that's kind of what has been given to me every single time I start to think about it is just how I'm going to create really strong practices, daily practices of checking in with myself and making sure I'm not reaching for anything or reaching to contact somebody when the loneliness do comes up, but instead sitting with it and really finding healthy coping mechanisms when it does come up or when the discomfort does come up. Usually in the past, I would grab for like alcohol or pot or something like that, but I'm going to do my best to not do that in Bali and instead focus on healthy activities like yoga and meditation and surfing and all those things that get me to that state of wholeness without having to slip into any unhealthy patterns from my past. And 
ultimately, I think that this actually leads us nicely into a description of this week's episode with Tonya Gonzalez, because we talk a lot about embodiment. And for me, embodiment has been huge this year. And you'll see why, because this episode was recorded right at the beginning of January, just because it really is important for me as a leader and as a voice and as someone that has a platform to practice what I preach and to really embody all of the principles that I share with you guys here. It's essential. And I think that you can smell bullshit from a mile away. And that's why there's been a lot of shifts as far as what I talk about on here, the sponsors that I have come on here. You know, there's not really any sponsors anymore, which is really wonderful that I have the capacity to do this without sponsors. And on Instagram as well, things have been shifting for me a lot. And I'm sure for those of you that have been following me for a while, you see that. And you guys have actually seen many iterations of my brand. <coughs> Ooh. Okay, something was supposed to come up right there. <laughs> and not just a loogie, you guys. So that was gross. I'm sorry. But again, I'm not really editing anything out anymore because I just don't care. I don't care to have a perfect appearance anymore. I just want to keep it real with you guys. And that's a part of the embodiment is just really keeping it real and not sharing things that don't feel fully in alignment with you not sharing topics that don't feel fully in alignment, not feeling like I have to be a certain way, but instead just really honor who I am and celebrate who I am. Because when we are in celebration of who we are, that's the type of energy that just magnetizes us towards the opportunities that actually are in alignment with where we want to go versus saying yes to things that aren't actually in alignment, maybe things that are driven by our ego. And so in this episode, we talk a lot about embodiment and why it's such an essential part of 2020, especially as healers and teachers in the spiritual and wellness space. We also talk about 2020 being the year of spiritual activation and what that means for you. We talk about how to use A Course in Miracles to guide your daily life, the biggest challenges of 2020 for the collective and how to work through them individually. We also talk about one of my favorite topics, which is staying within your own truth and strength, even when you don't see massive movement movement externally, which is, you know, obviously easier said than done to stay confident and stay empowered. As I was talking about last week in my solo episode, just stay in that strength, even when you don't see movement externally, even when you have things playing out in a way that you didn't expect or are rejected by something that you thought would be the end all be all towards your path. So how do we stay within our own truth and strength, even when we don't see a lot of stuff happening externally around us? When we were having this conversation, I had so many light bulb moments and many synchronicities come up as she was speaking. So Tonya was rated the number one, or excuse me, number three psychic in the world. And she is a author, healer, speaker, and teacher. She lives in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And she's super intuitive, has spiritual insights. She's a medium and our conversation was great. But anyway, so I had a lot of light bulb moments when she was speaking. It was almost as if she was sending sign after sign through her words. So as you're listening, I want everyone to really pay attention in this episode. Pay attention to what thoughts arise for you as you're listening. Any physical sensations really just all of it because I just keep getting this message that so many of us are ignoring these signs right now because they are so small and easy to write off as coincidence. But they are not coincidence at all. And 
the pain of not listening or honoring these signs will come if we continue to ignore it. It could be as simple as someone repeatedly coming up in your head throughout the day or maybe seeing numbers while you're driving, but pay attention to all of it and pay attention to what you're thinking about when you see the signs because your squad of guides and angels and your highest self is trying to speak to you and guide you. They want you to move forward. They want you to take the leap and they want you to know that you are so supported when you do take the leap. And they know that it's scary. They know that the fear is going to come up in the form of excuses or putting things off until there is a quote unquote better time. But sis, there is no better time than right now. And the more you delay, the greater the pain will get. Just take my experience of delaying quitting my corporate job and saying yes to the opportunities that were out of alignment. So much came up there. It was migraines. It was friendships that just were so energetically draining. It was toxic relationships and all of these things that I ignored and ignored and ignored and got so bad until I literally was in physical pain. But you don't have to wait until there is pain to make a change. You don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom to change the trajectory of your life. You don't have to wait until the relationship becomes toxic to leave. And you don't need to wait until someone crosses the line for you to use your voice. The beauty is that you can stand up now. You can make the choice to use your voice now and to step into your light now. And you will be supported the moment that you say yes to your intuition, the moment that you say yes to the signs and truly start honoring your highest self. And what's wild is that all of this information that I'm sharing with you right now came to me in a meditation. It came in the form of images flashing behind my eyes, my intuition speaking through me, and also automatic writing. And if you asked me a few months ago if I channeled or had a connection to the divine, I would have pointed you in another direction. But it's been happening every single day that I sit down in my meditation or have time on my own. And the truth is, We all have this connection to divine and we can all use it to live in our greatest expression. So whether that be our career, our relationship, or even our physical health, I think the emphasis on listening to the signs right now is so we can all strengthen our connection to divine and to our highest selves so we can walk this earth with more guidance, more faith, and more magic in everything that we do. And that's truly what I want. I want there to be magic in absolutely everything that I do. And a big part of that has been really listening to these signs, noticing when they come up and allowing them to guide me. So before we jump into the episode, I have to share if you are feeling excited and maybe even a little overwhelmed by what I'm sharing, because sometimes I listen to podcasts and I take in so much information and have this overload that needs to be organized so I can really integrate it into my life. And I know that especially when we are talking about these overarching universal messages, it's so important that we have steps for integration. If you're like me and desire that guidance and that direction while also really honing in on your own connection to divine, my VIP group accelerator program is launching March 16th and I'm now accepting applications for seven more women to join the group. It's going to be an intimate group setting so we can really, really focus on not only developing the strategy to successfully launching new programs and offerings, but more importantly, the intuitive connection so that you are able to step into the same role as I am and use channeling to further support yourself, your community, and your platform with your work and all that you share. And this program is really meant for you if you're done playing small and ready to step it up in your online presence by creating massively impactful content that is channeled and communicated straight from the universe to your community. 
It's for you if you know you need to show up more on video and through IG, but just need the support, structure, and guidance to finally make it happen and, and feel confident and shiny as fuck doing so. This program is meant for you if you are ready to work with clients one-on-one in group settings or in longer-term programming. And what I mean by that is, sis, raise your rates, let's scale your business and set you up to light up every room you walk into so every person knows the moment they meet you or see you online that they must work with you. It's a super robust program targeted at women that have the soul and are now looking for the strategy and business expertise to put a megaphone up to their message, get paid what they deserve, and create a life that not only impacts themselves, but every single person around them. It's that ripple effect that is going to change the world, you guys, and it's going to be super fucking fun. There's going to be one-on-one sessions, group sessions, access to all of my courses, including Be Your Own Mentor, and a private Facebook group where I'll be going live weekly for lightning coaching sessions, channeled topics, and energy work to get you operating at your next level self. To apply, head to the link in the show notes for the application. And you can also find it on my Instagram and my website. So let's jump into this week's episode with Tonya Gonzalez. And as always, if the episode resonates with you, if you haven't already, leave a five-star written review. It means the world to me and it helps this podcast get out to even more people. It creates an even bigger squad and community around the alchemized life of women that are ready to step into their next level selves. And that's really all that I want is for more people to hear these incredible guests and these messages that are straight from the universe through this microphone so we can make the world a better place and make our lives as beautiful and magical as possible. And of course, last but not least, if you feel inspired to share this episode up on your Instagram stories, tagging the podcast at The Alchemized Life. Without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Tonya Gonzalez. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Alchemized Life. I am just so honored to be sitting Zoom to Zoom across from Miss Tonya Gonzalez, who is a spiritual entrepreneur, a teacher, a healer, a psychic, and an author. And Tonya, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I just, the moment that your screen lit up and your face actually popped up on the screen, I was like, ah, this is going to be a juicy conversation. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ava. It's such an amazing time for us to come together as healers, as teachers, and really live an alchemized life. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what is really exciting me this year as far as the conversations that I'm having are really just getting as many people involved as possible and reaching people in one different communities, but people that have had different backgrounds, different stories of stepping into this work, because I think that it really allows us to highlight how much potential there is for every single person listening. So I'd love to just start with your story of stepping into this work and what really called you forth to embody your role as a leader and as a healer. Wow. So it was pain. It was pain. It was a lot of pain that really called me forth into stepping into my power and and just saying yes to life. And so the journey for me started in spiritual church. I was at a very low point in my early 30s. And I said, you know, it's got to be better than this. Kind of like this, the beginning story of A Course in Miracles. And I just knew that I wasn't living up to my potential. And so the interesting thing is I, 
I had been looking and looking. I was a school librarian and I was going home every night drinking a six pack of beer, smoking cigarettes because I just wasn't happy in that role anymore. And so going to or looking for a spiritual home was really how it began for me. And I remember going to back then Borders and going into the spiritual book magazine section. And there was a magazine there called Science of Mind. And on the cover was Marianne Williamson and A Course in Miracles. And so inside the magazine, they had a listing of spiritual churches around the world and in every state. And I saw that they had one in Chicago. And I was like, OMG. So I made a plan with myself to go to the spiritual church. And when I went, everyone was hugging and loving. And then it was like the first service, I I was like, is he talking to me? Like, how does he know what I'm going through? You know? And I just was bawling, bawling because it, it was like someone knew the pain and the story that I was going through. And I said, this might be it. And so I started going every single week and seeing these people that were just so full of love and so bright and having these spiritual principles and practices, it just became a part of my life. And I just immediately knew that I was in my spiritual home. It was not a um, non-denominational spiritual church, um, Centers for Spiritual Living. So I then started taking classes and I, I just remember just feeling like oh, I found my place because each class, each book I read, each person I met reminded me of the truth instead of the painful stories that I was going through. And so I decided this is what I want to do. And so I took a brave and bold step. And I remember it was another woman who had been going for a while and she had quit her job. And she was like, I quit my job and I'm just going all in in spirit. And I was like, I'm a single mom. My daughter just started high school. How am I going to do this? And it was so clear to me that spirit said, I got you. And so I was like maybe a year in, not even, I don't think it had been even a year. I think it had been just over six months. I had been taking classes. And I said, I'm ready for something else. At the same time, I started going to yoga at the gym. And I was like, oh, this is so good. I love yoga. And so when I just, I felt a shift. I felt a shift within me and I decided to quit my job, which was so crazy, you know, so absolutely crazy because I had no plan, no idea I was a school teacher, so I had my days off, you know, and everyone's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm on, I, I'm on a mission from God. And it was just, I knew that that was where I was meant to go. That was my next step. So what I did then was I started seeing clients for tarot readings. I would do tarot readings at a coffee shop, at a local coffee shop every Thursday. And so those people then started wanting to see me at my home. I said, okay. So I started making money that way. And then after my year-long classes, they asked, do you want to be in our spiritual practitioner program? Yes. You know, so then I started on a, a more 
you know, a following a program towards ministry and towards, you know, really having a, becoming a spiritual counselor. And that changed my life. The thing was, I would have my tarot clients coming in the back door and my spiritual clients coming in the front door because I kept thinking, you know, I'm spiritual over here. And tarot was still one of those, you know, things that was, don't dare talk about that, that you're one of those witchy ladies kind of thing. So there wasn't any overlap yet because now I think we all kind of look at it, you know, so together, but it was separate still. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so... Then a friend of mine said, you know, why don't you put them together? Like tarot life coach. I was like, tarot life coach? Light bulb. So in 2009, I started tarot life coach. And I I started bringing those two things together because my spiritual clients were saying, I would love a reading. You know, what insight can you give me? And so I started doing both things. And I knew then that that was the mission, the life, and the experience that I was truly meant to have. And at the same time, it really supported me in healing. The thing was, I still had my old patterns and behaviors and drinking and smoking. It was like my ego self wasn't ready to be at that high vibe. So I would sneak and smoke cigarettes after teaching yoga, having that high buzz. I would come home and then drink a bottle of wine. And it really was because, you know, it was in here, but it wasn't here yet. And so embodying, it became so important. And so then I went to yoga school and got my certification there. And then I really started embodying it, but I wasn't ready to give up alcohol because of course I thought I had no problem. I, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. And so... I continued on and my business grew. And um, from there, YouTube started. This was way before any social media was there. YouTube was definitely before Facebook. Yes. So YouTube came out, I think, in 2010. And people were asking me, you know, you should do... I remember advertising first on Craigslist (laughs) and doing parties, bachelorette parties. I was the fortune teller at a Harry Potter thing. I mean, I've done all kinds of different things just so I could use my cards and getting myself out there. And so from the bachelorette parties and things, I started becoming the entertainment. So people would have parties and, oh, I've got this tarot reader here. And so then YouTube came and I started doing these weekly tarot readings. Now there was no one doing it. So I would... Every week, do a tarot card reading. Even It's so funny because my first YouTube video is still up. I've never taken any of them down. And when I look at it now, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. And from there, it, it just totally changed. It totally changed. And that was, yeah, 2009 was my first website with Tarot Life Coach. By 2012, I had been meeting people all over the world because internet had just started really coming out. The spiritual thing was still kind of iffy, but the tarot was starting to come out. And then the psychic part, of course, was people were always interested in that. And so 2012, I had had my first trip to Europe. 
I was so excited. I was like, I have to go back. I have to go back. There's something there for me. And so I just kept thinking, how can I get back to Europe? I had moved to Key West and was homeless. And I took a job as a busboy because I was homeless and they had no waitressing jobs. And so I said, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I mean, it was one of the biggest restaurants. I actually don't know if it's still there, Blue Heaven. And I was the busboy and people were like, you're like so beautiful. How are you a busboy? You're so nice. I would get in so much trouble for talking to people at the tables. They're like, you've got work to do. Stop talking to people. But people were just wanting to talk to me. And so they were like, why isn't she a hostess? Why isn't she a waitress? So then they moved me to hostess. So I'm going to speed all that up. They never allowed me to be a waitress there because they were like, oh, you know. So I went to another restaurant. And so I was working at two different restaurants in Key West so I could stay non homeless. <laughs> and from there, from my videos, I had been doing radio shows because this was way before podcasts. So we had Blog Talk Radio Show. A friend invited me on. And then I got an email from a TV show in Ukraine. I was in the middle of my waitressing shift at Southernmost Beach Cafe. And they're like, can we call you to invite you to our TV show? And here I am being a waitress and I had to go to my busboy job. I'm like, yeah, sure. Give me a call. And so they called. And luckily, one of the, um, one of the hostesses at the restaurant was Russian. And she said, Donya, this is the biggest show in Russia. This is the biggest show in Ukraine. And I was like, what? And I tried to Google it. But of course, because it was in Ukrainian and Russian, I couldn't find anything. And they said, oh, we would love to invite you to participate in our International Psychic Challenge. And I said, okay, buy my ticket. They bought my ticket. Everyone in the restaurant, didn't you see Taken? They're going to steal you. You're going to be in the black market. You're going to be a sex slave. You can't go do that. And something just told me, this is it. And I was not afraid. I, I mean, for me to be going to a completely different place where I had nobody and did not know any of the language, something told me that this was my chance. Mm. And so I quit the job because they weren't going to hold my job. And I was picked to participate out of, I think there was over 4,000 contestants. When I got there, I, it, it blew my mind. I had never seen anything like it. And so that, that's, been, that's been my journey. And we'll continue. I'll share more with you as, yeah. as we go on. But that was, that's, that's how it started. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, and it just sounds like you have had such a fire since you decided that you were going to live a better way and that there was a better way for you to live. It sounds like you've just always had this internal fi- fire within you. And I think... I feel like a little bit of that fire has been lost in this generation because we are so quick to be instantly gratified. And I hear often with women that I work with or listeners of the show, it's challenging or it's hard or they struggle with moving through the resistance that comes up, moving through the fear that comes up or the doubt that comes up or the what ifs if this doesn't work out and end up just not doing anything at all because that resistance just makes it so difficult. And so 
how do you suggest shifting through resistance, moving through resistance, stopping the playing the act of playing small and really like owning our power and stepping into again that role as a leader because i know so many of us want to do that but we tell ourselves that it's hard or that we struggle with these things and create these stories that are basically made by our ego to keep us exactly where we are absolutely so you're right your generation has had the secret and had all these others so everybody wants to manifest like oh i'm a manifester i can manifest and manifestation actually is of the ego because it's things that you want from your with your body. It's the things out there in the world that you're, you know, I'm attracting to myself, the law of attraction. And I'm not dismissing that. However, those are needs and wants of the ego. And how you move through resistance is a that is the thing that most people have totally forgotten about. You know, they believe if I do a vision board, if I love attraction, you know, kind of thing that I can bring it to me. But it's truly faith that brings us exactly what we need and where we're going. Because I could not have attracted that TV show to me. There's no way, you know, there's no way. I wasn't even thinking about it. Do you understand? So how, how could I have manifested that? And so it was through the faith. And, and even though I was scrubbing toilets, I, I had a master's degree. People were like, what? You have a master's degree? You're like gorgeous. And you're like scrubbing these toilets with a smile. And I said, you know, I know I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. And I just stuck with that. And it, it, it impressed so many people, including myself, because I said, this isn't about me. This is about what I know I'm here for. And so it was the faith that I, I am an intuitive, that I am a psychic, and that this was the gift that I was given to share. And so mm-hmm. I really just said, okay, if this is my... Show me. Show me the way. Because I don't know what I'm doing. You show me the way. Mm-hmm. When you work with your clients and when you've worked with people in the past, how do you support them in establishing that faith? Because I feel like it can be hard sometimes. So many of us want to see it before we can believe it, you know? But for me, what I've experienced is that you got to believe it first and then you see it. So how, Absolutely. You, how, do, how do you do that if you just haven't ever really practiced or strengthened that muscle of faith? So it is self-forgiveness and that filters to worthiness and then that filters into love. And so it's looking at your thoughts. It's becoming aware. What am I thinking? And is this a thought or is this a feeling? Because most of us think, you know, oh, I feel. It comes here first and then we, we think it's here. But a feeling comes from here. It doesn't come from here. And so it's paying attention. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Because we think they're two and the same, but they're not. They're not the same. And so having people recognize their thoughts, their thought patterns, their stories that they're creating is how they can begin to have faith. Because you'll see, wow, I'm putting all my faith in fear. Or, wow, I I can see this differently. And, And that's really what it is, is recognizing that We all have two voices or more going on at the same time. And when you become self-aware is when you can start to distinguish 
the two parts, the two voices that are going on. It's the, the voice of spirit and it's the voice of ego. And which one are you paying attention to the most? And that is usually the first step when people start to recognize, wow, I, I have some really dark, negative thoughts all day long. I didn't even know I had them. So it's awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much of that do you attribute to like ancestral wounding and the patterns of our ancestors? Oh gosh, such a good question. More than I would have to say 80% because so many people, well, I was raised how I was raised, you know, we go right back to that. And that is our sense of comfort, how I was raised. And we have to remember that we have a choice. We, we do have a choice. It, it, how you are raised is, is not how you have to live for the rest of your life. Yeah, And recognizing that choice is one of the biggest reasons that I, I do love A Course in Miracles because it, it, tell, it guides us to choose again. Choose again. If you chose in a way that was not for your highest and best good in the past, here's your opportunity. Choose again. Mm-hmm. And many of us just, instead of choosing again, we just keep hitting the same wall. Yeah. And instead of hitting the wall, say, how can I see this differently? How can I choose differently? Mm. And it's the pause there. It's the pause that you take. It's the awareness, the pause, mm. then the response. And I think that so many of us just identify ourselves with our past. We say the, oh, this is, I was raised this way. Or there's even like more subconscious. I was doing work with a relationship consultant and coach. And she asked us about what we believe of the husband archetype and the wife archetype and marriage as a whole. And sitting down and writing out what we thought was so just like eye-opening to how much unconscious scripture I have around what it means to be a wife and how I want my husband to show up. And so I think that we can identify it on a conscious level, but there's so many stories that are running subconsciously, if not more subconscious stories. And so it's that awareness and that recognition that you talk about of like, notice your stories, notice the thoughts, notice how you habitually feel, but then take that breath, take that moment, the second that you become aware to then choose again. And that's the power. It is. And our ancestors... They didn't have all the things that we have, you know, they didn't have technology. They didn't, they were authentic because there wasn't all of this judgment and makeup and clothes and the K family. You know what I'm saying? It was about community. It was about working things together. It was about collaboration. And now we've been taught you know, me, 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 look at me, pay attention to me, needing that outside validation. Our ancestors knew who they were. They knew, I mean, this is why people that are older can live to uh, over their 100 because our ancestors know, know what we didn't, you know, what we don't actually. And, and, and now we're trying to go back to what they know, but we've destroyed so much of it. And it's that's why so many people are wanting to discover their ancestry, their roots, and going back because we know that's truly where the answer is, and we've forgotten about it. The eighties—I mean, I've grown up through the eighties when 
it was all about me and how important am I? And then the 90s and I'm emotionally grungy, you know, and all of that. And so now in 2020, we're coming into a balance and saying, wait a minute, the 80s didn't work. I mean, there's blessings from each generation. Just like there's, you know, family values of the 50s that doesn't translate well for us now, you know? And and so we have to take the the, the blessings and the lessons, and I call those blessings of all the generations and bring them together. And now this this focus on our ancestry is because we know that's where the truth lies. Mm. That's where we can come back into discovering our truth because it's it is there where we remember. And because with the technology, it's all been coming through here, through the ancestral studies. Now it's coming, you know, from underneath us, through us as spirit, instead of the airwaves of yeah. of of technology and internet that has been our society now, that guides our society. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we in so many ways just feel so lost and we're searching for that identification. You know, I think that we search outside of ourselves rather than like tuning inward to find that. And, you know, I think for me, a big word for 2020 and 2019 too has always been embodiment. And I find that it's really hard to embody the truth if we are constantly connected to our phones or doing things that other people are doing that we think that we should be doing. So how would you suggest for listeners to really live an embodied life and to access that level of truth that I think we're all really yearning for? We have to get over ourselves. We just have to get over our ourself, this body experience, you know, our spirit, we know our spirit is in there because that's what we, you know, when we're tuning in and meditating, we know it's in there. When we close our eyes, we, we see nothing, but we know our spirit is in there when we close our eyes. And so it is getting over this physical experience of me and recognizing that there is a, a higher self that lives within us. And if we allow ourselves the opportunity to access it, it will always guide us in the right direction. It will never let us down. And that's why so many people want yoga and so many of these mindfulness practices because it allows them access to themselves. The thing is, maintaining it. That's the dedication. And we have not been taught as a society, again, instant gratification. So we don't want to practice. We just want, oh, I just want it to happen. You know, there's an app for that, you know, kind of thing. There is no app for spiritual practice. If you want a spiritual life, if you want to really connect to your spirit, you've got to do whatever it takes to get over yourself, the ego self and embrace and embody the true self. And it's more than yoga and meditation. It is prayer. It is service. It is connection to people who are in alignment with that. Because doing it by ourselves also is a trap. 
because we think, oh, I can just do it by myself. That's how the ego keeps you isolated. We don't learn alone. We learn through our relationships. We learn through our communities. We learn from each other. If we were in a box all day, that's why people that are isolated end up having mental breakdowns because we don't do well by ourselves. Animals don't do well by themselves. What happens to a baby? If it's not touched, if it's not coddled, if it's not you know, connected to a human, it, it, to another person, it could, it's sick and it, it can easily die. And so if that happens to babies without knowing any words, without any of the judgments or the filters, imagine what it does to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's a level of bypass when we think that we can just do it all by ourselves. I mean, I've definitely had moments where I've been like, well, you know what? It would just be easier for me to let this go and move on. And what I've realized is every time that I think that thought, the next thought is, it's just going to happen again. I'm just going to present you the lesson again and again and again until you learn it. And often you're going to have to learn it alongside somebody else. So why continue bypassing it when you can just sit here, be present, move through this with another, learn to love deeper, learn to connect and to communicate deeper and strengthen your faith even further because you're doing the work. You're not bypassing it. Of course, the miracles, one of my favorite lines is, trials are lessons we have failed to learn. Mm-hmm. And we fail to learn them because we don't really want to learn. We do want to spiritually bypass. We want to forget about it. And that's why forgiveness is so important because forgiveness isn't saying, I forgot what you did. I'm not going to think about it anymore. Forgiveness says, I'm letting go of the anger, of the resentment, of the story I created about this experience. And I'm allowing myself to move forward. And by doing that, I let you go as well. And it doesn't mean a physical let go. It is the mental energy that hating you or being angry at you and upset with you is taking up in my physical experience. Yeah. And and people think forgive most people forgive here, but they don't forgive here. That's why they say, I can forgive you, but I won't forget. Then what's the point of forgiveness? You know? Or the resentment's still there and then you end up acting in a certain way, even though you're saying, I'm not mad at you or I forgive, I forgave you. That's still there though. You still feel it. The relationship, the energy shifted. Because it is all energy. And when you are in truth forgiveness, there is no energy holding you back. I'll share a story with you. When I was in Ukraine, I was filming um, a short pilot at a friend's place. All my luggage and bags were in one room and they had asked us to go into another room as they were preparing the room. And I was guided by spirit after we had been, you know, sheltered away to go right to my purse. And I knew then that the money that I had in my wallet was gone. Everybody in this, in this production company, I, I went to my friend, I said, Hey, you know, I had this money here. You know, we haven't left the apartment. Somebody here went to my purse and took the money. And so he then went to the team, the, the leader and um, of the experience. And he said, oh my God, somebody from my team did this. And I, I just said, listen, I brought everybody. I said, bring everybody together. Everybody, everybody together. Listen, I am here visiting 
the money that was in my wallet is all that I have to get home. I am leaving in two days. If you don't give me the money back, the energy connection that you have to that money will be so much worse for you. Knowing that I couldn't get home and you knowing that you took it. And I said, I'm not blaming anybody. I understand that you think I'm better than you. You might think that I have more than you, but that truly is all the money that I have. And I said, I, 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 I care for all of you equally. You are my brothers and sisters. And then I said, how would your mother feel knowing that, that you did this? And I said, because somebody here knows something and somebody here you know, took the money. And I said, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. Just please, I need the money back. And so within 20 minutes, the money was on the floor. And I hugged every single person as they left. And I said, I want you to know this is not personal. I love you still. I love you all. And and it shifted for me. That really shifted for me because I could have gotten upset. I could have gotten angry. But I was so guided just to just love. Mm. Yeah. And I think what's really beautiful about that too is that whoever that person was, that experience probably completely shifted their relationship to how they show up and how they respect those that are around them and what they are, how, how they are going to act moving forward. Like, I mean, I feel like without a doubt that would change my perspective in an instant to be shown that much love and that much just like openness to changing and to rewriting a mistake that I made, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that it truly is A Course in Miracles. And luckily I had been studying and reading the book for over a decade, I actually don't remember, but I know I had I've I've had the book with me for at least ten years, and I had it with me, and it was just a moment of clarity because I can be highly emotional, you know. And I just said, "Spirit, please show me the way." I have no idea what to do here, but I knew freaking out was not going to be the answer. Yeah, you know, getting angry was not going to be the answer. I knew love was the answer and what is still the only answer that there is because it it, it just, it is. It just is. It just is. How would you suggest someone start working through A Course in Miracles? Obviously, it's a big book and there's so many lessons and so much beauty to it. And I know a lot of my listeners are on their spiritual journeys, have heard of Course in Miracles before, but maybe haven't cracked it open. So what would you say is the least intimidating way to begin? Start with the lessons. Start Mm -hmm. with the everyday 365 lessons. The text, it's when you first start, it's like... And this was my thing. I had never read the text because I took classes and I highlighted the good parts that I had read and that teachers had told me, but I had never really read the whole text because the wording was an issue for me. This was the way the ego could get me. And for the longest time, it really did distract me. The God, the Jesus, the Christ vision, forgiveness, sin, salvation, all those words were like, ah, church words. And so I said, you know, 
I recognize this is this is a trick and and it is a trick of the ego because we're getting caught up on words you know is, is that if are we being activated you know by a previous experience and that's truly what that is mm-hmm. so like today's lessons I see nothing I see nothing as it is now you know and so recognizing that if you're getting caught up on the words then then you you're not ready to really see past your own view you know mm-hmm. because god energy is our cats our dogs the leaves the birds the clouds that god energy is is not about a white guy in the sky that god energy is our breath is god energy and so if we get caught up in the words that's then the ego saying ah oh, gotcha Oh, you don't like that word? Oh, I gotcha again. You know, so you know, I shifted it from God to goddess, father to mother, you know, son to daughter, because I'm a woman. And that's the only shifts that I've made around the word, around the wording to make it more feminine and centered. And you know, the the daily lessons are where you train your mind. And it says, you know, this is mind training. And and that's what the daily lessons are. So once you go through the lessons the first time, I suggest, or not even go through all of them, find a support, find a find a group, find a community to talk to. Don't try to do it alone because again, that's what the ego wants you to do. And everything it says when two or more are joined or gathered, it, it, that's when you make the connection because we don't learn alone. We learn together. And so when we join together is where we learn together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about it in so many ways. One, this podcast, we are learning together. Like as a collective, the women and the um, beings that are listening to this podcast are learning with us in conversation. Or even an, an even better example, when you're learning a language, you don't learn a language by yourself. You have to practice with somebody else. And so it just makes so much sense. And I love the advice of going to the daily lessons because I'm 3% into A Course in Miracles text. And it is challenging to get through. There are a lot of words that are triggering in some sort of ways and also just overwhelming too um, to comprehend where I have to read through the lesson or the the text over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, but, uh, it's not fully making sense. So that is a great, um, place to start with A Course in Miracles. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I'm curious. So I was listening to a previous podcast you were on and you said that 2020 was the year for the spiritually activated. What does that mean? And how can we tap into that? The spiritually activated, what that truly means is this is no longer for the fake and phony spiritual teachers. <laughs> this is the, you know, the ones that, oh, I took a class now. I'm a, a shaman, a priestess kind of thing, you know, cause I've been on this spiritual journey for over a decade now. And, and this is truly a part of my life. And so the activation is truly what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you eating? What are you listening to? What are, who are you being? You know, this is the most important. And so many people look at the shiny thing, look at, oh, she's got a new class. Oh, look at, she's got six figures. 
oh, she must be the greatest spiritual teacher. That is not the case, you know? Yeah. And, and, and following the shiny thing, what that normally does, and that's very ego-based, you know? I've met um, spiritual counselors who are like, oh, I charge 10000 I was like, excuse me? I was like, oh, that, you know, that lets me know that that is an uh, ego-driven experience because although spirit is, is very prosperous, there is no money, a dollar amount that you can put on the gifts that you share. You mm-hmm. know, um, we have to remember we are brothers and sisters and exploiting your money to make myself grow or to get my numbers up or to make money off of you is never, is, is never the way. So spiritual activation is saying, I recognize that I'm sharing my gift with you. I'm sharing my time spiritual counseling, what, what does that equate to financially? I, I ask, I pray for everything. You know, I don't make, I make no decisions on my own because I know that I know nothing. Mm. I know nothing. And so I ask spirit everything. What should I wear today? Oh, what should we have for dinner? You know, I, I truly ask spirit for everything because then I know also that I'm never alone. And that kind of spiritual activation, again, I could have never brought that TV show to myself, mm-hmm. you know, it, no matter how hard I prayed and, and, and all of that. And so that's what activation is, is mm-hmm. truly saying, I am guided by spirit. Spirit, mm-hmm. what should I eat today? What, what outfit? How do I do my hair? Where do I go? You know, this is one of the other, um, my favorite everyday prayers and of course, in miracles, where will you have me go? What will you have me do? What will you have me say and to whom? Because that takes, I don't have to think about anything. Spirit's going to guide me right there, you know? But when I start thinking and trying to figure things out, then that's saying that I know more than my higher self. How is that possible? Yeah. My higher self has guided me to places I would have never been able to go. I was a single mother. Yeah, you know, I've found because my, so my background is in digital marketing and I worked in the corporate space and my goals throughout all of that were to just make more money, make more money, have a better title and it got to the point where I was so sick and so just off off of my path. I didn't even know what paths were at that point, but I did have the recognition that no amount on my paycheck was going to ever equate to feeling fulfilled or feeling happy. And so that's kind of when my path started. But it's been a journey of unraveling the trying to figure everything out, the control. And what I've found is that when we are really taking the time to hold space for ourselves on a daily basis, every single morning, waking up with the intention of moving into our heart space rather than trying to stay in our head, we are guided exactly where we're meant to go. And I love that you've kind of hit on the you, you know the TV show and how you would have had no idea about that because I think that we try to we we play small even in our own dreams and our desires and we limit ourselves to what we can truly create because we are infinite beings um, and this allowance is what really allows us to catapult forward into stepping into whatever we're meant to be. I love, I'd love to kind of talk about a little bit because I think that when it comes to money, so I teach women how to build spiritual businesses and how to be successful in doing that. And 
understanding what it means to be worthy. And 99.9% of it is all about energy and beliefs and how we show up for ourselves. The 0.1% is like strategy. But I do see a different energy when people are stretched because of their investment. And maybe that's more just for creating a business versus spiritual counseling when you're looking at working with somebody and moving through trauma or discovering what they are meant to be doing on this planet. But I've found that there is a different energy between somebody who is getting something for free and someone who's saying, you know what? I know that I've, I've saved money for this or this is, this is a big investment for me and I'm going to go all in on my dreams. I'm going to go all in on creating something that is from my heart and getting my message out and really feeling confident in doing so. And I've seen both ends of it. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on that in relation to building a business and investing in yourself that way. Because I still think that so many of us have that ego association that we, if we aren't really investing in something that maybe isn't worth it or it's not going to create the transformation that we want. Absolutely. Yeah, because money is an energy. The thing is the meaning we put behind it. If we put all of our value and importance on getting it, then that is an ego experience. Like you said, getting it for you made you sick. And and so creating it is something completely different. And so when you invest in yourself, what you're doing is creating something new. You're create you've shifted from a getting to a giving. Mm. You know, I, 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 the, I've met psychics who were charging like two and three hundred dollars an hour, and I said, "Okay, is that an investment in myself, or is that someone feeding their ego?" Because again, I know spirit. There is no no value to spirit, and so for me, it is really looking at what is your time, what is your attention intention and and what is the value what is the value not the out there value what's the inner value that you're receiving from this experience mm-hmm. because most people especially women have a very difficult time investing in themselves because of worthiness worthiness and wealth are very together and that's all in the sacral chakra the second chakra. And so if there is a sense of I'm not good enough, it's very difficult to create wealth with that mindset. Mm -hmm. If there is, I'm not complete, it's very difficult to create something of, of, of value from that experience. And so worthiness is wealth. And, and that's why creating and investing in yourself, time, energy, and money is crucial to your spiritual practice because it shows you how you create more by giving more, not by getting more, by giving more. And this is also a valuable lesson in A Course in Miracles. It says to give is to know you have received. Mm, I love that so much. I think that we often can go and especially as women get into this space of guilt of, oh, if I spend this time in meditation or if I spend this money on myself, then I'm somehow taking away 
from someone else, whether it's my husband or my kids or whatever it might be. It's almost as it's it's still operating from this space of scarcity that, rather than the understanding that through the act of showing up for yourself and holding space for yourself or through the act of investing in yourself, you're actually increasing your capacity to receive and your capacity to give. And it's a cycle. Absolutely. Because if you are, if you're creating to get, then where's the cycle? There is no cycle. But when you're creating to give and to share and to experience, that creates a cycle. Mm-hmm. But to get, it's just a door. Oh, I got to get it. You know? And so one of the first practices that I share with women is to buy, them, buy yourself a bouquet of flowers every week. I've had women flip out. I can't spend that money. It's too much. It's a waste. These are some of the words that I've heard. And I said, okay, would it make you happy? If somebody sent you flowers, oh my God, I would be so excited. Like, oh my God. It's like, okay, so if somebody else paid for it, it would make you happy. But if you paid for it, it it upsets you. That's where you examine. That's where you see where your wealth, your your worthiness is. Mm, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think everyone listening, just take a moment and like sit with that for a second. Ask yourself, like, if we were to ask you that right now, what was your what would your response be? Are excuses starting to come up for why you can't do it, or are you excited by that 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 investment in yourself of love and just of um just of like presence with yourself, you know, and presence as in P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Yes, <laughs> yes. E-N-C-S yes. as well. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So this kind of goes into my next question then. What do you think will be the biggest challenge for women, for uh, uh, women in wellness, women with spiritual businesses, and just the collective overall this upcoming year? What are we, what are we working towards and how can we support ourselves through the challenges that come up? Well, the challenges are recognizing that you can't do it alone. That again, spiritual partnership. 2020 is the, the year of spiritual partnership. And it's so important that again, as women, we know when we come together, we make magic. When we come together in a sisterhood and even with our brothers, when we come together is again, what it says in the course, when when you are joined, two or more are joined. And we always think of partnership as a romantic relationship or as a, a, just as a business, but it is those connections that we make to others. And so it's really, truly allowing yourself the space to let go of the resistance around collaborating, letting go of the resistance to resistance and, and truly allowing yourself, how can I do what I do and create something with someone else. How, how, oh, you know, oh, look at her. I like what she's doing. Maybe we can collaborate together. Or she's got a great idea. Perhaps her and I could do something. One of the biggest things that I love to do is, is, is bring women together and, and bring people and businesses together. Someone else, oh, Tanya, I wish I had else. Oh, you know what? I've got a friend. I know she could help you with that because. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's not this me, me, me. It truly is about spiritual partnership and coming together, collaborating, community. Remember when we, our ancestors were, did, did everything in community. They hunted together in community. Nobody went out by themselves. Everybody did it together. 
When there was a problem in a marriage, the whole tribe came together and said, okay, you guys are having some problems. Let's work it out together. They went to the elders first, but the elders couldn't work it out. Then it became, oh, and if there was somebody else involved, they had to come and face the music. You know, we do it together. The thing is, we've been so, you know, the internet was supposed to bring us together, but it made us more apart than ever because we see through the eyes of judgment. We see each other as different instead of the same. And, you know, one of my biggest investments so far this year is I'm in a year long program because I know investing in myself as a spiritual teacher, as a spiritual leader, it requires a higher level of investment. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not doing just class by class by class. No, I'm in a year long committed program mm-hmm. because I said it's time for the next level. Yeah. And when we're ready for the next level, we have to be willing and ready to invest at the level that we're willing, that we're ready to go to. If you want to keep playing small, that's, oh, is it free? Oh, I can do a love offering. A love offering that you give from guilt or that you give from fear is not a love offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. I mean, I, at the beginning of last year, I was in a position where I was like, okay, I'm ready to like make it to that next level. But then I, the coach that I wanted to work with, um, told me her pricing and I was like, Ooh, I don't think so. And I was like, I'm getting married. I'm going to have some travel coming up. I'm moving. And I started listing all of these different reasons why I couldn't step up. But really, they were all just reasons why I wasn't ready to call myself up to that level. And flash forward, fast forward to end of November, I got back in touch with that coach. And she's actually a girlfriend of mine. But I got back in touch with her and I said, Hey, I'm ready. And ended up investing actually even more than I would have if it was at the beginning of the year. Because I knew that if I wanted to get myself into that next level where I can also call all of my clients up to that next level, I was going to have to start taking things a little bit more seriously than I had been and really start to make those big shifts for myself too. And I think also adding on to the community aspect and the collaboration aspect is not being afraid to ask for help and knowing that asking for help is you receiving and also allowing someone else to give. Because I can... I can guarantee whoever you're asking for help is going to be so happy that you wanted their support in some sort of way. We love giving. We love helping people out. It's a circle. It's a circle. Yeah. It is a circle, you yeah. know. And 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 we have to remember that that we're not in this alone. You know, when I'm in in class with my classmates and I was, "Oh my god, I was thinking the same thing." Isn't that happen all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, or we're like I've had that issue too, because we're more alike than we allow ourselves to see that we are. You know, we put these separations on by our color, by our hair, by our size. These are all judgments of the ego to keep us separate. When the thing is, everybody I ever talk to, I want to be more connected. That's the biggest thing. That's what mental illness is, is this, I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. I have to do this by myself. Mental illness is you putting yourself in a box. And I'm not saying that there are not real issues with mental illness. However, it's like spiritual bypassing. And many people then, oh, I have depression. I'm this, I'm that. These are labels that society has created for us to put us in a box. Just like Mm -hmm. 
children, you know, with autism, they still haven't figured out quite what that is. However, many of us on the spiritual path recognize that this is a combination of many things, many factors. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mental health is who is in control of here? Who, who, right. Who, who's running the show in here? And, and like I started at the beginning, are, is this a thought or is this a feeling? And we've gotten them all mixed up to thinking, oh, I was thinking about, I feel, you know, we say, I think, and I feel so interchangeably. Yeah. We, we don't recognize that they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. senses are how we feel. Our emotions are how we feel within the body. Thought comes from this brain experience, but a lot of it is stuck in the past. Like today's lesson, I see nothing as it is now. Mm, The the present, the (laughs) P-R-E-S-E-N-T, the present today, (laughs) the now. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. And I think that that is a perfect place to end this conversation. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your heart, for sharing all of these beautiful messages with the Alchemized Life audience. For those of us that want to continue diving into all of our all of your work, where can we find you and how can we support you? Well, thank you so much for asking. So Instagram is where I've been doing a lot of big things and I'll be updating my website very soon, tarolifecoach at gmail, I'm sorry, tarolifecoach.com. But yeah, find me on Instagram, Facebook. I, 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 I love social media. However, I have definitely am putting on the screen time and the boundaries within it because it's, it's taken over our world. It's mm-hmm. taken over our world. And so I'm taking weekends off. I'm taking weekends off from the whole thing, you know? And I said, you know, there's things I, I, I want to do. And what did we do before social media? You know? I don't even know. <laughs> exactly, right? Your generation only knows social media. And so yeah. it's really, it's, I, I just, I love to connect. So send me an email, find me and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all of that. I, I do love it because of the connection. And that we can reach so many beautiful people. Mm, Yeah, the intention behind it for sure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ava. 